Welcome to Discovering You, a podcast that explores the intricacies of personality and how it impacts the way we navigate through life. What will you discover today? Hi, listeners. Hi, Heather. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm feeling engaged. Engaged. Okay. Yeah. Ready to participate fully. That's what I want to hear. So again, if you're a new listener, we are talking about the How We Feel app, which Heather and I do. We check in to talk about how we're feeling. How are you feeling? I'm going to be very honest about how I'm feeling. So I got red, which is rare. I don't usually get red. And the exact word that came up was irritated. Of course, I feel better already because I am talking with Heather and I'm doing this podcast, which I love. But yeah, just a little backstory. I'm not doing this in my normal place. Uh, My internet has been down for days and we've had the company come and, you know, supposedly fix it and then not fix it. Things have just been challenging because I've had to reschedule meetings and internet's hit or miss. And there's just a whole bunch of other personal stuff going on. So it has been a challenge, but there you go. That's me being honest and vulnerable, feeling irritated. And I don't think I probably need to define irritated. (laughs) Okay, today I'm going to be talking about empathy and the role it plays in our personal and professional lives. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that before I get to this, it's time, in the words of my teenage daughter, to make everything about DISC. Here's this episode's DISC analogy. DISC according to World Cities. High D. I have to give it to NYC. Loud, energetic, work hard, play hard vibes. Love you, New York. High I. Could it be anything other than the city of love? Paris, of course. Romantic evocative. High S is Geneva, neutral, peaceful, and high C is Singapore, ordered and disciplined. And by the way, if you're wondering, thinking, isn't Singapore a country, which I have to admit, I thought it was a country versus a city. It is actually a city, a nation, and a state. So there you go. Learn something new. Okay. Today's episode is about exploring empathy. I touched on it briefly during the EQ episodes, which were five and six, if you want to check those out because empathy is one of the cornerstones of emotional intelligence. It's a key ingredient in building successful interpersonal relationships, whether in your personal life or the workplace, and it plays a key role in leadership. Empathetic leaders propagate loyalty members who want to work hard for them because they feel inspired, valued, and seen for who they are and what they're contributing. Leading with an absence of empathy creates disconnectedness, resentment, a lack of engagement, and productivity. Wondering how to gauge your level of empathy? There's a full process when doing an EQ assessment and coaching. So it's, I think, about 250 questions and it yields a 30-page report. But for brevity, here are some sample questions to get you thinking about it. And typically, these questions would use a Likert scale from one to five. So one being strongly disagree, five being strongly agree, We don't need to get the exact numbers here, but let's just do it to get the gist. All right, here we go. Number one, it doesn't bother me too much if I'm late meeting a friend. Number two, during a conversation, I'm more focused on what I'm saying than what the other person may be thinking. Number three, it's a challenge for me to see why people get upset about certain things. Number four, I can sense if I'm intruding 
even if the other person doesn't tell me. Number five, I get upset easily by watching the news. Okay, Heather, do you want to share how you answered these? I'm a bit of a scale. Okay. Shocking, I guess. (laughs) I had two ones, a three, and two fours. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we've talked about this before. I think I think you have more empathy than you think you do. (laughs) Say that five times fast. (laughs) Nope. I hope you heard it the first time. I'm not saying that again. (laughs) Yeah, it's perception. And again, well, you know, because you've done the full questionnaire and part of the coaching process, it is self-directed. So it is your view of how that is. And and so for me, it's part of my job to determine a little bit of self-awareness. Like, are you being hard on yourself or is this accurate? And I do tend to think with your profile, the high C perfectionism part too, and the D, the achieving D, I think you are a little bit hard on yourself where that's concerned. Right. And we have talked about that. Yeah. For me, not a surprise if you know me and have listened. So the first three I disagree with pretty strongly and the last two I agree with. You know, we've talked about this. I cannot watch the news. <laughs> like just can't, can't do it. It'll just really suck me in and bring me down. Speaking of that and, you know, Heather with you saying, oh, I don't know. I don't think I am. Let's really kind of dive in and really try to figure out what empathy means because there are lots of misconceptions about the true definition of this oft-used but not always understood word. So Merriam-Webster defines empathy as the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another. A common misconception is confusing empathy with sympathy. And we'll probably get into this in a bit, but feeling sympathetic can certainly be present within empathy, but that's just one piece of a much larger pie. So again, from Merriam-Webster, sympathy and empathy both refer to a caring response to the emotional state of another person, but a distinction between them is typically made. While sympathy is a feeling of sincere concern for someone who is experiencing something difficult or painful, empathy involves actively sharing in the emotional experience of the other person. For instance, being empathetic can also incorporate positive feelings and experiences. If someone appears to be excited or joyful, are you able to tap into that? To dig deeper into this, I'm going to reference an empathy expert and one of my absolute favorite sources, Brene Brown. Brene gets to the core of this by articulating that empathy is not connecting to an experience. It's connecting to the emotions that underpin an experience. Heather, you're making a thoughtful gaze. (laughs) When you said positive, Then I was like, oh, I never think about the positive feeling joy with someone. Exactly. About an experience. This is one of the misconceptions we're going to talk about because I think a lot of people feel that way. When I'm coaching someone who's struggling with empathy, they may say something like, well, how am I supposed to understand that other person? That situation has never happened to me. So perhaps you're someone who doesn't have children and your colleague is having a tough time with their kids. You can still connect to their feelings because you've likely had them just not in the same scenario. But can you tap into feeling overwhelmed, not good enough, depleted? I think you probably can. It is possible to feel empathy for someone, even if they're going through something you've never experienced. You're connecting to the feeling under the experience. I think it's easy for people to recognize why empathy is important in personal life, but they may not pay as much attention to it in their jobs. 
here's a reminder of why it's essential at work. In a workplace survey conducted by Business Solver, 59% of employees say they are afraid to talk to a manager about mental health issues because it could negatively impact their job security. As sad as this is, I think the next stat is even more so. 77% of CEOs worry that being too empathetic will cause them to lose respect. (sighs) I think this type of thinking is based on more of an old school model, which may have been true in the past, but studies show that empathetic team members and leaders experience improved employee morale since they have managers that care about their needs, increased respect and collaboration among teams, higher productivity and engagement because workers feel supported and valued, and reduced employee turnover. Now, if you've come to the realization that empathy doesn't come easily to you, don't worry. There are many tips and strategies that can be used as a navigation tool. Learning them, practicing them, embracing them will make a significant difference. To work on building empathy, there are several things you can do. Firstly, try to see the world as others see it, which Brene calls perspective taking. Perspective taking requires you to be the learner, not the knower. I'm going to say that again. It requires you to be the learner, not the knower. Heather, you look like you're having a hard time not cracking up. Is it resonating? (laughs) A little, yeah. We can't know what someone from a different race, gender, generation is experiencing from our own lens. We need diverse perspectives so we can get a full picture. Asking others to tell us about how they see a situation from their frame of reference to enlighten us. Brene says if we can't be learners, then we can't be empathetic. We'll just let that one sit. That's one of those ones where you really think, wow. And this really ties into the other suggestion of being non-judgmental. And what I've added to this is be an emotion scientist, not a judge. I've spoken about this before, and it involves the work of Mark Brackett and Robin Stern, who I interviewed on episode 18, so you can listen to that. Instead of judging the way another person is behaving or reacting, try to be curious. Instead of thinking, wow, Victoria is being really weird and overreacting. How annoying. Try instead, hmm, this behavior seems odd. I wonder what Victoria is experiencing for her to be acting this way. Do you see the difference? The next one is understanding another person's feelings and communicating that understanding back to them. This requires emotional literacy. Brene says when we can't name and articulate what's happening emotionally, we can't move through it. This ties into how Heather and I start off each episode, right? We just did it by discussing our mood meter on the How We Feel app. Recognizing and labeling our emotions to move through the day mindfully really is a game changer. Okay, sometimes I think it's easier to learn a concept by investigating what it's not. So what not to do in the pursuit of empathy? And let me just put this caveat in. This is not intended to make anyone feel bad for trying these in the past. We've all done them. And it's from a place of trying to help. You can be very well-intentioned and still not get it right. This stuff is not easy. Life is complicated. Brene calls them empathy misses. The first one ties into the common confusion of empathy with sympathy. I think Brene pinpoints the difference beautifully. Empathy is feeling with people. Sympathy is feeling for them. Sympathy says, wow, that's bad. I feel so sorry for you. I don't know or understand what your experience is like, but I'll grant you that looks pretty bad and I don't want to know. Sympathy is saying, I feel sorry for you. 
Empathy is saying, I get it. I feel with you. Another miss is something Brene refers to as the mighty fall. Here's the scenario she used to illustrate this. Imagine you've just had a poor performance review. You're upset and you share it with a colleague and they react by saying something like, wow, really? I never would have expected that from you. So what do you think happened? (laughs) This puts you in the position of defending yourself to someone because they're disappointed in you. Obviously not a great approach. The next empathy miss is called the boots and shovel. Using the same scenario, you tell your coworker about the bad review and they really want to make it better for you, well-intentioned, but also likely want to get out of their own discomfort in this situation. Instead of sitting with you in those feelings, they begin to heap praise on you and tell you that you are awesome and great and just redirect the conversation without actually addressing your concern. Heather, you're nodding. Is that one sounding familiar? I think I do that a lot. You know what? Again, well-intentioned and great that you are saying that and realizing it. And again, a lot of us don't realize that these things are not the best approach. I don't know that it's actually that I don't want to feel it with them. I just don't like it when people feel bad. Yes, exactly. You want to fix it, right? You want to like make it go away. Exactly. The last empathy miss that I'll mention is called, if you think that's bad, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. (laughs) You can probably guess where this one's going. Back to the same scenario, you tell your colleague about the poor review, and instead of trying to make a connection, they one-up you. If you think that's bad, it's nothing compared to the review I got five years ago. And then it turns into comparing and competing. Here's how to turn that around, though, by saying, yeah, you know what? That happened to me, too. You're not alone. With this approach, you're creating connection, not competition. While we're on the topic of this particular empathy miss, (laughs) I'm going to share another iteration of it. About a year ago, one of my friends was having a really bad day, wasn't feeling well, worrying about a work situation, the economy changing. And she was confiding her feelings to another friend who basically said, why don't you think about what's going on in the Ukraine now? That should put your worries into perspective. Ugh, right? (laughs) Now, was this other friend out to make her feel awful and ashamed of having trivial concerns? I doubt it, although that was certainly the result. I'm sure they meant well and were trying to get her to focus on being grateful for living somewhere that was safe and stable and not a war zone, but yikes, that is a gigantic empathy misfire. I didn't mention all of them because there was a lot of them and I was worried that people would (laughs) get discouraged and think, oh. I'm going to give up. I'm taking it out of reference. If you're reading that whole book, if you're reading that whole chapter, you have a wealth of other information there. So I just didn't want to overwhelm people with this little snippet. So I also feel that I might do the sympathy thing. And I think I have heard myself saying, and I didn't really include this one in the misses, but where you say something like, oh, I can't imagine what you're going through. That must be awful. I know I've done that and in good intentions because I'm trying so hard to avoid the, oh, let me put a Band-Aid on this and tell you something and make it better. I have done that once. That one's going to be a lot more nuanced for me to balance, to figure out what is the right way of sitting in that with the person, but not putting the spotlight on them to have to say, oh, no, 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 Victoria, it's maybe it's not that bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, this is all really 
well-meaning and good intentioned and it's not always going to be perfect, but I guess just having the conversation and being aware and trying is all we can do. What's so refreshing about Brene is that she recognizes how hard this stuff really is. She acknowledges that even she's messed this up and we all will, but encourages everyone to practice it, even if it means getting it wrong. Come back to clean it up and then try again. So if you realize that you've made an empathy miss or two, it's not too late to revisit it. I think we are more prone to do this with our family and friends, but as a leader, it's even more crucial. I love the example she uses in her book, Dare to Lead, of revisiting a poorly handled situation. It goes like this. You shared something hard with me, and I wish I had shown up in a different way. I really care about you and what you shared. Can I try again? And that, she says, is daring leadership. Mic drop. Before we leave, here are some suggested empathy responses to try. Oh, I feel you. That really sucks. Me too. I see you. You're not alone. I've been in a similar place, and it's really hard. When closing out her chapter on empathy, Brene says, and I quote, Empathy is at the heart of connection. It is a circuit board for leaning into the feelings of others, reflecting back a shared experience of the world, and reminding them that they are not alone. I love this. What would you think, Heather? Any insights gained thinking about any more of the misfires? I know we've chatted a little bit about it, but... I think I probably have more misfires than not. (laughs) Although, maybe I am being hard on myself, but like when you were going through them, I'm like, oh, I've done that. I've done that too. But I think we all have, and I think that's the point. And again, that's what I love about Brene is that She's not standing up as a model of perfection. She's saying, oh, I do this. And then she tells stories of how she did it. And again, it's the commitment to try to evolve and say, okay, maybe I didn't handle that and maybe revisit it and try something new. Because to her point, it's all about connection, right? I think we're, we're all just seeking to know that we've been seen and heard and validated and connecting. And it's, it's not easy. We're going to make some mistakes. As we've talked about on the show before, Some people have too much empathy. That doesn't mean that they are doing a greater job than others because that that comes with their own issues, right? So one of the things she mentions is enmeshment. And that is a relationship that turns into boundaries that are unclear. So if two people are feeling each other's emotions, those emotions escalate. And then if you think about that, can the one person who was feeling the other person's feelings? Are they really in the best spot then if they're doing that? So again, this is really tricky, nuanced stuff. And I just really want to reiterate that to the listeners. This isn't always the easiest thing, but I think even just hearing this, having the conversation, practicing it, you're going to be so far ahead of the game by even, you know, dipping your toe into this as a subject. For me, the challenge is thinking about what the other person's being in their shoes right? Like that doesn't come naturally to me. And that's okay because it doesn't, it doesn't come naturally to everyone. And even those of us who it does come naturally to struggle with it because we then have to find a boundary so that we're not depleted by it, which has happened to me more times than I want to admit. (laughs) My friend's daughter rides. There was a photographer at the horse show. We got a picture and she's walking towards the camera and she has this look on her face that she's just so happy. And so I was messaging her mom last night and I said, it's so fun that she is having so much fun. 
and you can feel it when you were talking about the positive side I can connect with that feeling so it's kind of cool to put that perspective on it that's making me teary-eyed just feeling that because and exactly and I think that is it because you said to me that you think you're somebody that was maybe mistaking it with sympathy and that's that's a whole different range but I think when we realize what it also encompasses like that you're feeling that right you're looking at her you're feeling joy because you are dialed in and connecting to her joy so that is empathy well and in that same conversation it feels like right now everybody's having a hard time Mm -hmm. so when you see a little bit of joy in somebody's face you mentioned this briefly because i shared with you that with all this (laughs) internet empathy with you about your internet issues oh that's funny definitely feel you right so frustration and just yeah and even before that there's other stuff being going on and you it's funny because you did say something like wow everybody around me and and I even feel like there's people around me like not just us but other people that are feeling this something's in the air something's in the atmosphere with the planet aligning or not aligning (laughs) who knows what it is if you're listening and you're also feeling this drop us a line Uh, let us know if this is something that you're feeling too Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time. EQ versus IQ. Join Victoria for an eye-opening look at how soft skills are in fact essential skills. You will discover the limitations of IQ versus EQ, EQ's role in leadership and team harmony, the cornerstones of emotional intelligence, empathy, and self-awareness. How to uncover and develop your own EQ for workplace success. If you are interested in connecting with Victoria for team building, strategic onboarding, coaching, or speaking engagement, you can contact her at discoverwhatworks at gmail.com. This show is a Twisted Spur media production produced by our very own Heather McPherson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.